0: Welcome to K-Drama Musings, where you'll find reactions, reviews, and recommendations of K-Dramas and more. I am your host, Carol, and I'm delighted to have you with me today. If you like what you hear, I invite you to join me on Instagram at K-Dramas Musings for more fun content. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe. K-Drama Musings is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you like the show, please give me a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Your support is deeply appreciated. Let's get to today's show. Today we're switching it up a little. I have a very special guest with me, and we will be talking about the movie Past Lives. Listeners, join me in welcoming my friend, Jess, of Payback K Rambles Podcast. Hi, Jess. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me, Carol.
0: (laughs) Happy to be here. Thank you for our listeners who don't know you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into K dramas.
1: Wow, um, that's a loaded question. For, so, first of all, I my name is Jess. I live in Florida, and I grew up in Miami. I'm Hispanic, and it's it was really odd for my family when I started watching K drama. They would make fun of me mercilessly because. In the Hispanic culture, every Asian is just Chino. I don't know if you've heard this. Like, they just refer to everyone as Chino, which just means Chinese, Chinese person. I
0: did not know that.
1: And so they were like, why are you watching those Chino shows? And I'm like, they're not Chino shows. So then it, like, started me on this, like, one-woman uh, show to, like, stop my family from using these weird – racist, mildly racist terms to describe like people from all different Southeast Asian cultures. So there was that one thing. What got me into K-dramas was I was just graduated from college. I had my first job ever and I would come home after my nine to five and be like, what do I do now? Because I had all this free time. I didn't have to study. I didn't have to go nowhere. It was just all of this free time, you know? Like, I didn't have any papers to write. It was a whole new world. So I had to fill it with something. And I started going nuts on Netflix. I was watching all sorts of things from all different countries, French movies. um, (laughs) And it was because Netflix at the time was really, you would thumbs up things and ring yes. things with yeah. star system yeah so it was very accurate in recommending content so then it was like maybe you should watch this movie and it was a korean movie called a moment to remember with sonya jin oh it is sad as shit it really wrecked me <laughs> and so i watched that i was crying i was a mess and then after that because i had rated that movie after i watched it it was like why don't you watch this and it was a k-drama and yeah, that's that's how I started into K-dramas. I watched Lie to Me with the oh.
0: uh, Eun <laughs> And we talked about that, didn't we? We talked about it recently. Yes.
1: Oh man. So I watched Eun Eunhae and then I quickly watched Boys Over Flowers and that was that. Like I that started me on my journey. It's been 10 plus years and I'm still here. And really excited to actually have a platform to talk with other K-drama fans like you and actually have people that understand where I'm coming from and aren't my family who – I think they're just really okay with it now at most. But initially, it was – I was like embarrassing them.
0: (laughs) Many may not know, your encouragement is one of the reasons why I started the podcast. I've been a guest on, I think, three or four episodes of your yeah. show. Yeah. And it's always been fun, and you've encouraged me to start it. I think you encouraged me last year, and I was like, yeah, yeah, himming and calling. But here I am now, and I'm so grateful to have done this because it's so nice to talk to other people about shows. Yes,
1: I agree. I I of course I encouraged you. You were kind of hesitant. You were like, I don't know, should I start a thing? And I was like, absolutely. Like, this is so much fun, very fulfilling. It's very difficult. I'm not gonna lie, like podcasting has its ups and downs, and you can easily get burned out. But I love it. It is such a great experience. It's extremely fulfilling. And I, I think feel like it helps with my mental health, just staying a little bit more sane after finishing shows and um, deep diving on different things and topics. So I highly recommended it for you. And I'm so glad that we're here less than a year later. It didn't even take a year for you to uh, pull the trigger on this and i'm so excited to be here and to be on your show and to talk about a really emotional um <laughs> movie yes
0: okay let's get into it listeners today we're talking about past lives now this is not a K drama. But I wanted to talk about it because I listened to Jessa's episode with Rico about their experience watching it. And um, when I watched it, I had so many feelings come up for me. I saw the show by myself. I've seen it three times now with in the same week just to like try and process what I watch. Each time, I changed my mind a little. That's how I was feeling about the show. <laughs> I can't
1: believe you've watched it three times. I legitimately have only watched it the one time. And I, for some reason, well, I I just haven't gotten around to going back and watching it again in theaters because I've been watching other things. And now we have Barbenheimer and mission impossible. And like the summer is sort of ramping down with some big movies, but past lives. I wish I had seen it multiple times. It was a wonderful, experience in the theater. And I am so glad that you've watched it three times because I'm sure you picked up on different things than I did. Uh, You've definitely got it sort of seared in your brain.
0: (laughs) I do. I do. But I'm excited (laughs) to hear what you think on some of the things that I picked up. But let's talk about the synopsis of the show. Let's start with that. Um, The synopsis on IMDb is... um, this A24 production is a romantic drama about Nora and Hae Two deeply connected childhood friends are rest apart after Nora's family emigrates to, emigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. This is a show written, or this is a movie written, and directed by Celine Song, and it is her directorial debut. It stars Greta Lee, tae Yu, John Magaro, and Moon Sung-ha. Jess, what drew you to this movie? Well,
1: I am a huge A24 fan. I have watched a lot of their uh, movies. A24 is a production company that is known for doing indie movies, for distributing really weird movies, Stuff that doesn't get picked up by the big studios because it's kind of a risky movie for them to put money behind. And I think A24 does a really good job of showcasing younger directors, different directors from all walks of life and um, diverse, diverse uh, group of creators. And so I saw the trailer for it and I saw tell you was starring in it and I was like oh crap because I had just seen him a few months earlier in love to hate you and I loved him in that so I was looking forward to this movie I am a sucker for really moody romances (laughs) and uh this felt a lot like um maybe my liberation notes is a good comp
0: for this
1: Because uh, it ha- not that it has this covers the same exact rhythm and flow of this plot, but it does have the same sort of vibe mm. of past lives, and I loved how it was shot, and I loved um, that this could be one of the best movies of the year just in looking at the trailers.
0: I love that. For me, it was solely because of you I won't even lie. You. I've seen. I know. It. <laughs> I've seen him in a few productions, such as you mentioned Love to Hate You, Vagabond, Dr. Brain, Money Game, and Arthur Chronicles. I tried to whisper that because...
1: Because Arthur Chronicles, it sinks (laughs) to high heaven. It is awful, okay? If you don't know... It's dear clear of Arthur Chronicles. I don't care how much of a Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings fan you are. This fantasy show is a hot mess.
0: It is. And they're doing a season
1: two. And I... Oh, God. I'm debating whether or not I should hate watch it.
0: Well, it's with Lee Joongi. So maybe he'll bring something else to his character that Son Ki didn't.
1: But that's the thing is that... I. Fundamentally doesn't make sense that they're changing the lead actor. I think you touched on it. You told me earlier that <laughs> Song Jun ki is not the bankable star that we all think he is. Because yes. on paper, he's not bringing in the big bucks for Netflix
0: Yes, yes. Um, This is from an interview I had with a post-production coordinator who works at Netflix. And she had said that they went for Netflix, went for, um, were going for Reborn Rich, but they changed their minds and that went to Vicky and they got the glory and that did so much better than Song Joon-ki's drama, Reborn Rich. So. Mm. Do they
1: realize the irony of picking his ex-wife's project right. for their platform versus Song Joon-ki's
0: project? I, I don't know. When we, when I was they talking. They had to know. Do you think so? Well, yes. They had to Korea know. would know for sure.
1: Oh, my lanta. But oh, I found Lance that
0: <laughs> very, very hilarious. Um, Damn. Brutal. <laughs> a burn. A good burn. But it's all good. <laughs> okay. So on past lives, what did you see as the central conflict and themes the movie explored?
1: Definitely uh, what if scenarios, sliding doors, if you will, the one that mm. got away, Um mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say unrequited love because it's definitely requited, but I think identity and um, belongingness with a, a person who comes from your culture is a huge theme in the movie. It's, lo- it's love, but it's a different form of love, I think, mm. that's
0: explored mm. in the
1: movie. So maybe I'll just leave it, cap it at love.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I I felt... I agree with everything you've said. You've said, um, but I also think about the cost of immigration on a family, or rather, the cost of emigrating out of your home into another country. And right. There was there was a line in the show that said, um, "Some journeys you pay with your entire life," and that was a scene where. Um, Nora was with the writers and they were going over some of their writings and and one of the um, participants said that. I think the story did really well with highlighting and exploring the cost of emigrating and how does Nora come to terms with the loss she did not know she had, which was caused by leaving Korea. Excellent point.
1: I am second generation immigrant yeah i think i'm second generation and I, it never crosses my mind the struggle that my grandparents went through because i'm so far removed and i never i barely um i barely knew them like they died when mm-hmm. i was a, a child so it's really difficult to i think lose that that story in mm-hmm. you know my own life and not really come to grips or terms with it at all However, growing up in Miami, uh, I was surrounded by immigrants and I grew up with immigrants and 150 million different immigrant stories. And my best friend was a dreamer, meaning she was an undocumented um, student. And she obviously she had no control over her parents staying beyond their visa. And now the whole family is struggling and going through the process of asylum and getting work permits. I was like deeply invested and rooting for her and her family, even though like I'm not an immigration lawyer. There's nothing that I can personally do to mm-hmm. help her besides just be there and be supportive. And do you need a place to crash? And, you know, we're here for you and be best friends with her. Um, <laughs> I don't know if because her sister has a really weird – um love story that i feel like is very similar to this one in the respect that Nora and i don't know if this is much of a spoiler word Nora there's a whole other layer of Nora married for a green card
0: ooh ooh yes
1: and my f- best friend's sister also married this very abusive dude oh no and Spoiler alert for that real life story. They're actually about to get to get a divorce after like 10 or 15 years of marriage. And I think it was a terrible decision. Even though the whole family benefited from this relationship because then she could claim her parents and they received their residency. Yeah. After like all of this time and all of the paperwork and all of the, the whole jumping through hoops thing. Um, So it's not a happy story for my – best friend's sister in real life it is sort of a happy ending for nora because at least she loves arthur and Does he's she? not this abusive asshole okay come on come on she loves Let's... the man what what don't do this don't do this so early oh my god <laughs> you're gonna throw I... into question
0: if nora loves arthur i will what what I absolutely oh my, will. You're savage. <laughs> you're so savage. And we will get there. But hear me out. I don't think she completely did. I will say I think she began to when she cried in her his, his arms. But we don't know the story after that. But let's 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 take a beat. <laughs> and let's talk about your first reactions when you saw the movie and spoilers are allowed
1: okay so my first reaction was this is gonna uh, there's another movie that i watched a couple of years ago called blue bayou and it's not a romance it is purely an immigration uh, like story about you know a kid who was adopted out of korea to america he's going through struggles and in the end, he gets – this is a spoiler for the movie, but he gets deported at the end of the movie because his adopted family here in America never applied for citizenship for him. So – and it's a based on true events because there's thousands upon thousands of, of kids who were adopted out of Korea who have the same exact issue and then get deported to a country they have no connection with. So that movie – wrecked me completely and I was expecting past lives to do the same thing, even though this is a a quasi love story, not at all this grand and brutal immigration gone wrong story. So I think it achieved that expectation for me because I was very distraught. I was laid bare, essentially by the movie and it was a very special theater experience. I watched it with my two good friends, Rico and Miguel, Rico and Miguel are brothers. And (laughs) I think me and Miguel have a a better sort of connection when we watch movies because we're constantly like hitting each other and like, "Ah," like messing with each other and saying things under our breath to each other and making light of dark situations (laughs) together. (laughs) And then Rico on the other hand is very much in his head in his heart and like experiencing things. And to give you an example of how we sort of left the theater experience was the movie ended. We were sitting in these big recliners and I started immediately putting my chair back into the regular position, the sitting position. And I was chatting with Miguel about what the hell just happened to us. Because we just, we got, we got pummeled. Right. And Rico just stays in the reclining position just sort of watching the credits roll and wasn't moving and I was like Rico you you good like <laughs> so it was a very special experience we walked out and we had a lot to say and I watch it with two wildly different personalities with me and I think I fell somewhere in the middle between mm, them mm.
0: My but first- my
1: yeah it was amazing I thought it was amazing That was my first reaction.
0: I thought it was amazing the first time I watched it. I will say the first time I watched it purely as a romance film. And let me tell you, I was so angry when I left the theater. I got into this. First of all, it's the first time that I think art made me feel that way the first time I saw it. It's been a while since I felt that way. And I was just like, how dare you take love so lightly that you think inaction is okay? Why do you treat your own feelings like shit? They should have been upfront when they connected on Skype. I I was on this whole... I can't believe they did this because to me, I'm like, your connection. You were on your love soapbox. I was. <laughs> I was. You were
1: on that love soapbox just berating them.
0: <laughs> I was. I was so mad at them because I felt Ooh. like they had the connection they had since they were children and then reconnecting on Skype and for it to still be palpable and tangible and. Um, so deep, I felt they took their love for granted, themselves for granted also, right? Um, And then second of all, I was like, how dare you have an inappropriate conversation in front of Arthur at the bar? I thought that was so messed up. Justice for Arthur, because I was so angry for him. (laughs) Justice (laughs) for Arthur, (laughs)
1: Arthur had no clue, but then you know, he's sitting at that bar and he's catching some words. He's learning Korean. He's been around her for what seven years or something. He's not totally ignorant. I feel like he's catching their vibes, he's catching every other word, maybe, and he's piecing it together that they're talking about him in Korean. Yes, and they're being quite intimate with each other in Korean.
0: Yes. So we know Arthur has been with Nora for, I think, maybe seven years or so now.
1: Uh-huh. And yeah.
0: he's been trying to learn because he wants to connect with her and her family and all of that. So if you're learning Korean, one thing you'll know is, and watching K-dramas, you'll understand more than you can speak because you're mm. either shy or you're not that confident in talking, But when they were talking at the bar, I knew damn well he understood way more than they were saying. And that's what pissed me off. Because Nora did him dirty by giving him cliff notes for translations. That was messed up.
1: That was frustrating to me, too. Was that at first she was trying to include Arthur by translating whatever Sung was saying. But then she would just dilute everything that he said. And instead of giving the full nuance of his words, she would just be like, oh yeah, he said work is hard.
0: Exactly. Why do you do that? It's like, why would you do that? That's why I'm saying
1: she doesn't like him, but hey. It's like a reverse joke. Like you've seen movies that do this where someone will say this long-winded thing in another language, and then somebody who's translated would just be like, he said he's happy to see you. And like that- (laughs) You know, it's played for laughs. Yeah. But in this case, it's not played for laughs. You're devastated for Arthur.
0: Yeah. And and then what pissed me off, too, was even at the table while they were or at the bar while they were talking, I felt like they were skirting around their feelings and what they meant to say. So they weren't being direct even then and i was just like what is the point of this trip why are you wasting my time you should be on my block list <laughs> never to be spoken with again because your inaction is an action in itself and so why are you wasting my time so you thought haesung was wasting nora's time i thought they were both wasting the first time i watched Let's well okay. oh this is still the first time you watched it yeah yeah, the first time oh, I watched. Oh, okay. The second time I watched, I was like, okay, maybe he wants closure. And he seemed to say he wanted closure. So, um, And then the immigration story and the effects on the human costs of emigrating came into play and all of that, which we can um, get into. But that was my reaction. I left the theater so mad and I was texting everybody. Like, this is, this is such BS. I'm so mad at this non-couple, etc. So I think it's a valid response. I'm not going to say you're wrong
1: for experiencing the movie like this. But maybe I am, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe I'm more used to stories that don't end on a very direct note. And this movie was all about, like, it was atmospheric. And it was about things left unsaid and feelings that were never acted upon. And so you don't feel like you have to take responsibility for them because you never put a label on anything. And that is very difficult to wrap your head around when, especially us, because we come from the K-drama world where we want the wedding scene. We want them to see them. We want to see them happy by episode 16. And I think a lot of people in the K-drama world are upset when things don't end well for characters and they go for a more realistic ending. This is this movie is beyond realistic. It's heartbreaking because in in some world it could happen.
0: It could, and I don't have a problem with the ending. I think what my issue was and you touched on it is um you know the what ifs. And I'm very much a person who, before I, I act, I really think about, you know, five steps ahead, what it could mean and how it could affect me. And if I make that decision, I'm ready for the consequences. And then I don't look back, no matter what. And so, yeah, that
1: was These, my personal. I, I understand what you're saying. These characters are riddled with regret. yes. It's like they can't really – I mean, song especially, I don't think Nora feels the regret until she is hanging out with Haesong yes. in New York. Yes, yes. And then she's kind of like, oh, you know, it, his presence is sort of putting things into perspective as she sort of plugs into the Korean side of her and what is attractive to her and all of these things that sort of <laughs> – I feel so bad for Arthur. I feel so <laughs> bad for Arthur because I mean, she's having conversations with him that are very open and honest and she's saying things like oh he's kind of um he asks if he's good looking, I think is what he does. Arthur asks if he's handsome attractive. or good looking and she says she says he's attractive it, she admits that he's attractive And says, oh, he's, like, masculine in a Korean way.
0: I see. This is why I'm, like, I don't think she loves him. Arthur is treading water
1: in the next room. Okay? He is. There's no. In front of her husband, like, saying this stuff. It's not, like, some uh, Hollywood star that you watch a K-drama and you're crushing on. Like, this is a real-life person that you have contact with that there's history with. and. That is very dangerous. Exactly. It's dangerous in a marriage, you know? Like, ugh, I feel terrible.
0: I found her a bit callous. But let's, before we jump into, you know, Nora's character, um, let's talk about, in general, all the acting and the characters. Like, what did you think of the leads? So Greta, uh, Till, john and their portrayal of the characters let's now dive uh-huh,
1: right so i really appreciated their acting it was very subdued it was very realistic when they were talking to each other they would take the time to pause and think about what their scene partner just did And Mm. it wasn't like, um, you know, Rika put it like this. In a regular movie where you have dialogue, people are usually like rat-a-tatting back and forth. Mm -hmm. And if someone says something really witty, uh, the next person has something really witty to say back to them. And that's not how people talk, really, Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. a conversation. You know, people stop and they think about their words and they ponder what was just said. And there's a lot of like beats in between happening. And that was what these three did was that they – were not just, you know, saying the lines back to each other in a pleasing rhythm. They were taking the time out and reacting. And it was very sad to watch because, again, like you have these uh, poignant beats happening between characters. And you're like, what you're you're wondering, like, what are they going to say back?
0: What okay. can they possibly
1: respond with? OK, OK. <laughs>
0: So I have a question for you. Do you think that the way since they're taking a beat to respond, do you think that the way Nora responds to her husband is less kind than how she responds to Hae-sung?
1: Yes, only because he says in I think what was it? They're in they're in bed and he's asking her in Korean what they're going to eat. Yeah. And she doesn't seem very in love, she doesn't seem very cuddly with him. He's the one that's hanging on to her in the bed, and she's responding in English. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if my husband was making the effort to learn my native language and he's talking to me in Korean or in my case, Spanish, I would try my best to respond in
0: Spanish. Right? See, she's you're responding making- in English. You're making the arguments that she doesn't love him for me. Oh,
1: so I don't know. It's not that she doesn't love him. I think she cares for him. And she loves him enough to stay with him. They understand each other on a really deep level because they're both artists. Mm -hmm. And song is not an artist. He's not creative. And that's something that's really important to her. That's something that she strives for. That's something that she studied all her life. And she comes from a creative background. Her mother and father are artists as well. So it's just um, a different kind of love between them versus this all-consuming first love, which we haven't talked about yet, the sanctity of first love in Korean media and especially in K-dramas that is ever-present in this movie.
0: So with first loves, I don't know the number of times I have heard Guys say, oh, she was my first love, or even girls say, oh, he was my first love. Why is it so idolized, if you will, or, or why is it so important when it comes to first love?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I never gave a second thought about my first love <laughs> until I started watching K-dramas. And then I was like,
0: was it all that? Did, did I miss something? Oh, you know, no. I will. <laughs> I will say I did think of my first love in grade one, not oh. because I was <laughs> not because I was watching the movie, but when I was a kid, we traveled around a lot for my dad's job, and I happened to be in Sierra Leone at some point. I think ninety three, and I met this kid, and we just hit it off. He was from Malawi. Tell me why mine wasn't as a joke. Like Nora says, oh, I looked you up as a joke. But anyway, I actually intentionally. She knew it was not a joke. She knew it was not a joke. Yeah. But I. that's what I mean by she's a bit callous when she speaks, or rather she speaks without thinking sometimes. But I looked this guy up, and he happened to be in Toronto. I'm in Vancouver. We started talking. I got him to move to Vancouver. Um, I got him a job where I was working and we were just like we were just friends. We were just friends. I was maybe doing it more than friends. Carol. And Carol. Then- <laughs> Carol. You got him a job
1: where you worked?
0: I did. And you convinced him
1: to move cities to Vancouver? I did.
0: I did. Now, Vancouver versus Toronto is like New York versus LA distance. So he moved across the country. Oh my God. But then I saw the light, and yeah, that did not go anywhere. So, like Laura says, the 12 year old me is no longer that person. And let me tell you. The seven year old kid was not that person, which is to be expected. Oh, my land. So yeah, people change, they grow. Exactly. So, when I'm watching this movie, so many, that's why I'm like, so many feelings are coming up for me. Because um, you got a past life. I do. I do have a past life. You had life. Inyun with this dude. I did. Now he has a <gasps> wife and kids, but yeah. Yeah, whatever. But whatever. I,
1: I get what you mean. I get what yeah. you mean
0: when we talk about nora's character now yeah,
1: nora is not a romantic
0: no she's not and that is okay that's
1: the thing that's perfectly fine if you're not romantic you don't got a romantic bone in your body that's totally fine and i think that's also an issue that we're sort of dancing around like does she does she not love arthur well she's yeah. not a romantic
0: she is not a romantic however she does care deeply the way she cares for Haesung. Um and to be honest, I found Nora a very selfish character because I felt like she was always taking and never giving or or giving of herself as much. It was all about her and what she wanted and who could help her get there. With Arthur, it was the green card and getting married and, you know, yes. She wanted to be with a creative, let's say that. But with Song, I remember when she was a kid, her mom asked her, why do you like Song? And she's like, oh, yeah, he's manly, but he'll also do whatever I ask him to do, you know? Yeah.
1: Yes, she understands her power over Song. She understands the, her power over Arthur. And that is... I don't know if that's necessarily selfish to know that you command the, what's it called? Like you 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 have them wrapped around your little finger.
0: Mm. Okay. You have a point there. Yeah. Yeah. But I,
1: when she's a child and she says that to her mom and then the mom arranges the date, it feels very nice to see them in this really weird artistic park um, playing in the rain. Uh it seems like their relationship is tied to the rain. What do you feel about that? like when he comes to new york twenty four years later, it's raining. It's raining.
0: Oh, I never thought of it that way. I know it almost feels otherworldly. yeah, you know, like like it's a parallel clouded
1: light. and right when she's with Arthur. It's always sunny. yes, and beautiful. yes, that's good true. good weather. And then when she meets he song, he gets to New York and his friends joke with him about it. He's like, they're like, oh, you poor bastard. It's going <laughs> to rain the whole time you're in New York.
0: <laughs> That's very true. Although when they were kids and like going to school and shots from school, it wasn't raining as much. But I also felt that those were also very intimate moments for the kids because you're walking home with your best friend. Um and then when I guess when it start turns into love or cute, cute kitty love, that's when the rains start. I'm intrigued about
1: the rain. I don't know about you, but I feel like there's more to it.
0: You know what intrigues me though is the sculpture itself. So oh man, the
1: sculpture in that park when they're kids.
0: Yes, the faces come through. Oh the yeah, sculpture. the faces. They were facing yeah, each they're other. They're standing on
1: either side.
0: Yeah. Yes. Talk Facing to me. Each other. I love this. Yeah. And Nora is climbing in it all over it and peeking through. And Heisung was always like trying to find her and almost figure her out, which is something that I saw over and over. He's trying to figure out what is up with this girl? Who is this girl? What what does she want to do? And even when he asked, Oh, so what prize are you going for now? Um, That was a moment. And and then we come to when they meet in Central Park. And again, he's standing in front of sculptures. And this time, it's two people facing away from each other with their backs to each other and this huge wall between them. And I found that so symbolic of their relationship. I just loved it. What did you think?
1: No, girl, you said it all. I don't have anything to add. I just find it so uh, ethereal to look at how they use the art around them in these spark parks and open spaces in nature and stuff like that to make it mm-hmm. to give it a, um, a physical manifestation of their relationship and where they stand as a couple. It's very
0: it's a lot. It makes me emotional. Back to Nora, we mentioned that she is not as romantic as Arthur, and I felt it you could tell that she had almost shut off a part of herself for him, especially when he said, you dream in a language I do not understand. That that really hit me. I think that when she was talking to Haesung and she said, I don't cry anymore because people here don't care that's almost the beginning of this part of her that she just closed off. So it's not that I'm contradicting myself, but it's not that she was selfish or uncaring or whatever. Maybe it could have just been a protective thing where when she's crying, no one is there for her in this foreign land. Right, right. I agree. I
1: agree that it was sort of trained out of her to be a little more feeling Mm. in her own life, right? Where she like stopped crying because, you know, people just don't care here in the West, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't sympathize with tears, I guess. I, I don't know what that says about the West or if we agree with this undercurrent of a statement that's happening, the subtext here. But yeah, she was basically growing up in a whole different environment and she learned to rely on herself. Which is, mm-hmm. again, self-reliance is huge mm-hmm. here in the West. Huge. So I understand that she's more self-reliant. She's a lot more independent. And she has built up a, a a shield. And it's hard for her to open up and feel vulnerable with other people. And maybe that's what she feels with Hyesung is she can be vulnerable with him. And he doesn't even necessarily have to do anything To help her through whatever she's going through. When she was talking to Arthur about her crying as a child, she was like, All he could do is just watch me cry.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's something about someone just being present. Yes, I agree. And that comes into
1: play in the very final scene where she cries with Arthur.
0: Yes. Now, that being said, I do think she could have been kinder in the way she spoke to Arthur, or at least trying to filter out what could hurt him. She would just say anything. And you know, my man, Arthur, is sentimental. Um. He is very sensitive. He's very insecure. You mentioned the whole,
1: she's streaming in Korean. And he is already trying to learn Korean. He wants to be closer to her. He wants to understand her on a deeper level. Yes. And he's saying that he could never do that. Yeah, because even her subconscious is in Korean.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I felt him again. Justice it's for difficult. Arthur.
1: Justice for Arthur. He's such a gem. I I feel really bad for him, but then also coming at it from Miguel's point of view, he was like, <laughs> he's so mean. <laughs> Miguel said he's such a loser. He was basically oh no. like, he's such a loser because look at him. He's already married to her, and he's still putting himself down and he's still drawing party lines and he's still being
0: super insecure. Hold on. Hold on. Did he not say, gosh, three, watching this movie three times really (laughs) makes a difference. But he did say that you just make my world bigger. And I'm wondering if I do the same for you. Oh, Lord. Oh,
1: Lord. Yeah. It's a a matter of perspective. It's a matter of... I think Arthur, and Rico brought this up on our review, that Arthur puts Nora on a pedestal. Yes. And sort of worships her, and she doesn't do that for Arthur.
0: And I think it's interesting that he does that, yet he is technically the more successful partner in the couple with him being published and and having, you know, writing, signing books and things like that. You look like your mind is blown.
1: I don't know if my mind is blown so much as I never considered that Arthur was more successful than Nora. Mm. I thought they were basically on par, Mm. but I don't know if she's had a successful play
0: yet. Mm hmm. I don't think she had had a successful play. She's working, like she's, she's working. Booked, yes,
1: but is she successful in the manner that, that she, she wanted, which was to be? What was it Nobel, Pulitzer, Tony? Those which were the was, three things that she was striving for.
0: Which was very interesting to play. me because as she grew older, although she's always climbing something and striving for more, her dreams and what she wanted to get almost seem to shrink a little from Nobel Peace Prize to Pulitzer. Well, they become more selfish, right? Yeah. Because
1: the acclaim of a Nobel Prize is you did something for humanity. You did something that was worthy of this level of Ooh. acclaim. And then you get the Pulitzer, which again, on a on a literary level, is – pretty on par with a Nobel prize, maybe lesser, but still, you know, you think Maya Angelou, you think like these great authors and thinkers. And that's what a Pulitzer means to me. And then you get to a Tony and it's about, that's a very (laughs) like, not, not for Tonys to catch stray bullets here, but Tony is a very, um, for an, for a playwright, a very personal goal, right?
0: Mm, interesting. I hadn't thought of that aspect. So thank you for bringing that yeah. up. Hmm.
1: I mean, it makes Nora look worse. But I, I think that she is also narrowing in on what she's good at.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and
1: now that she's doing plays, obviously it makes sense for her to strive for a tone. Tony.
0: Yeah. We've spoken at length about Nora. What about Tell Yu? I think he did an amazing job <laughs> interpreting his immature character. His immature character. Like I, I really think. Saying, like, the 24-year-old? The 24-year-old? 24-year-old to me was very immature. <laughs> <laughs> and even when he decided he's going to New York and he couldn't say it with his chest to his friends that i'm gonna go see this girl he's like oh Uh girl oh i forgot about her like no he's lying (laughs) liar (laughs) yeah tell you just
1: i think embodied this character i saw this interview that was saying he was looking for a project that could employ this sort of melancholiness that he feels as as immigrating to germany that he's always felt in his life. And I was like, perfect. This movie is that vehicle because there is such a sadness running through him, even when he's a 24 year old student. And uh, I think he, we just talked about Arthur and him putting Nora on a pedestal. I think Nora lights up their lives and makes them feel alive.
0: Absolutely.
1: Both of them. And he's searching for that. And hasn't found it in his life, and I, I think he looks very dissatisfied as a twenty-four-year-old and as a like thirty-something-year-old man. He doesn't feel comfortable in his own skin, and mm-hmm. it's nice to see Nora, who's so self-assured,
0: mm. mm-hmm. uh, come
1: alongside him and
0: be the confidence that he never had. I agree. That's a nice way of putting it. Thank you. I really (laughs) tried there. (laughs) And then we've spoken about Arthur and our thoughts on him. I'd like to move on to what did you think about the set backdrop and how it was used to convey the messages? So we've talked about the playground and we've talked about when they met in New York. What else stood out to you?
1: Well, I don't think we talked about New York enough because when they went to New York and they were in New York, there is something really annoyingly special about New York. And not that they did New York as a as a character, which New York is a character. Think like when Harry met Sally, New York in the fall as a character. And it's its own thing here. New York is almost like. You know, she starts in Canada. And then she makes her way to New York. She wants to stay in America. She wants to stay in New York. It's where everything is happening. And it's such a weird place. Personally, I think it's like such a weird place. But people put New York on a pedestal. Yes. When people think America, there's very few cities that they think of. But New York is one of those cities. And if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And the people are mean. But if you can make it. You know, you think that everything is so special. And yeah. they meet up here in New York. It's, I don't know, it's like a dreamland.
0: I think it's a dreamland because even Nora, when she's talking to her mom and they're looking at her friends from Korea. And the mom is like, now look at you. You're in New York. Like, they they definitely saw New York as this magical place. And I think a lot of people still see it as a magical place where dreams can happen if you work hard. Yeah. So it's wildly different from soul. And <laughs>
1: um as far as the backdrop that really spoke to me, it was when they were taking their walk and they went to where the carousel
0: was. Mm, talk to me.
1: So beautiful. I just loved the the way it was shot, it was beautiful, and the carousel being this representation of childhood, and they're sort of like walking around it, and then they can see New York in the distance, and or sorry, the city in the distance, and everywhere all around them are just couples. All of every a single extra it's in like- every single shot is a couple.
0: I have to say that's an ode to K-dramas because they use that trope a lot too when the the couple is thinking of getting together or when they are just thinking about the other person. All of a sudden, couples around them everywhere.
1: You made a fine point that this is common in K-dramas. It feels very... I don't want to say uh, La La Land to me. I don't Have you seen ah, La La Land, the movie? No. My God. If this sequence felt like they would break out into song.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. I, I see the uh, vibe. Yeah, the vibe was that. And the couples everywhere felt very La La Land to me. But it's a dreamland. It's a dream <laughs> sequence almost because with all the couples and It makes it feel unreal.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: But they're obviously thinking about each other in that way.
0: Yes, I agree. (laughs) That's why she doesn't love Arthur. Please stop beating
1: (laughs) Arthur. He's already dead. Stop.
0: Okay. That was the last thing. Poor man. One more thing about him, but it will come. Um, I think the final thing I wanted to highlight was how I loved how they used the imagery of the staircase to convey messages because it always felt, or we always saw Sung climb stairs with her when they were kids until she was emigrating and they sort of went their separate ways where she's climbing up and he's going ahead. And then in the last scene, Well, close to the last scene when she visits, he visits her and she takes him to her place. They again climb the steps. He pauses as if to say, wow, we're we're here again. And he climbs back down, gets into his Uber and goes. So I loved it when he said at the bar, for me, you're someone who is meant to leave and Arthur stays that. Oh, I just got shivers again.
1: Damn. Damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The stairs are super
1: representative of their relationship and how they come together and separate how she's basically on a bit of an upward trajectory in her life versus him who feels very stagnant in his life. And, you know, they come together and then they leave and, it, yeah they have stairs at the beginning of their relationship when they're children and you have stairs at the end of the movie when they separate for good and i always like when they do that it's poetic storytelling because the average person i feel who is watching this movie they don't necessarily are like wow the stairs mean so much you know they're, they that i don't feel like they're saying that they're saying they're getting the undercurrent the meaning of it rather than drawing attention to the device
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and so they feel sad for them they feel like they understand the separation and the the gravity of it but they're not they're not sitting here like we are going oh my god i love what they did with the stairs
0: <laughs> i know oh, i know man. i agree yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so what about- I,
1: I think it was brilliant
0: yeah it was um they had these subtle ways like the first time she was getting on skype with him and we see her skipping to her call and you see the shadow of her i saw the shadow of her as the little girl getting all excited to see her friend again um like peter pan's shadow yeah that was that was a beautiful moment That was a beautiful moment. And then with him, when he is at the hotel, my man, my man, my man, how are you going to come to New York and not have a plan for yourself? He was basically. But that's the thing is that he just came to see her.
1: Sheesh. That's all he had planned. Like if I come to New York and I got this ulterior motive, I'm going to meet my married friend, the one that got away. I would at least be like, well, I got a dinner on this night, and I got tickets to see the Empire State Building on exactly. this day, and I was thinking of waiting in line to get into SNL and like have some things. Have laid
0: something. Out. Don't be like a lonely person eating muffin and. <laughs> drinking coffee in the hotel lobby like he just made me change my accents because I was so mad at how much he wasted time <laughs> that's why Miguel was making fun of this dude because he was like pathetic you know like <laughs> I could not with Song. and to to clarify I feel like right when Nora was about to get married and she goes to Korea with Arthur and she wanted to meet his and it didn't happen. In the reverse, if I'm coming to your city, I had to change my accent because this this <laughs> this head I love it. I love it. If I come to your city and I'm like, Oh, I'm coming to visit, I want to like let's talk, let's meet up. I'll be like, Oh, when when are you arriving? Let me pick you up at the airport. You know, you can meet my husband, you make it uh Community, almost like a new thing, a new definition of friendship.
1: But Nora, yo, you got a point. You got such a point because I would do the same thing. Exactly. I'd be like, oh, okay, we'll pick you from up from the airport. Where are you staying? We'll exactly. take you there. Let's go to dinner. But like my husband's coming with me the whole time.
0: Exactly. But Nora intentionally kept this just for her. Ooh, and, this is such a great point because, well, do you think it's a cultural thing? I, no, I don't think it's a cultural thing because no. okay. I, okay. I think that uh, Koreans are very welcoming. And even in when they're talking and they're greeting and they say, have you eaten? Like food mm-hmm. is, a, is, a, is a great part of checking in on someone. So it was definitely intentional. Because you also hear Arthur talk about his experience with her family and him playing Go Stop and him mm-hmm. loving Yuke Jang and all that stuff. She He's very much incorporated into um, her family. Mm-hmm. And she did not do that for Hesong. <sighs> you are. <sighs> Nora's a bitch,
1: okay? Because. This this is like the thing that really I don't know everything else you said I had like a rebuttal for but I feel like <laughs> her just keeping his song separate from Arthur for so long into the visit and then finally she brings him home and like not even to an exterior location and then they all together make their way back to the house like Arthur was waiting in the apartment like really really pathetic style
0: exactly exactly. She was like, oh. Uh, I don't, mm. that's why he's like, when is he leaving again? Because you've iced him out of this experience that is so important to you. And it's like, you don't want me a part of it. So is this meetup more important than you're letting on? Oh my Lord. Clearly by your actions, it is.
1: Oh, it's super sus. (laughs) I see what you're saying. It's super, super sus. It is on us. Nora's side. <laughs> but like justice for Arthur, as we keep saying, because <laughs> there's no, how do you, like, how do you gently, without scaring her off, because she is, feels a little bit skittish, say, you're in the wrong. You're making me uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. Should I be worried? Exactly. And he was trying oh. different ways to convey that. But I also, that's why I mean by she was a bit careless and dismissive of the stuff he said. Because she could have just reassured him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway. I, oh, God. Well, I like this note that you have in here going back to um, cinematography and dif- the, the different shots that you liked. Mm-hmm. You have the merry-go-round. And how, okay, talk to me about this, because I I like
0: this note. So I don't know why you didn't say it before. (laughs) So at the merry-go-round, I saw that scene as, one, beautiful. They barely moved when they sat at the merry-go-round while they were talking. And it almost felt like the merry-go-round represented the world was still going on, the world was spinning, but time had stopped briefly for them. And it was like with you, I'm frozen in time, even if the world keeps spinning.
1: Beautiful. I agree with that interpretation. And I, it's lovely. It's a lovely shot. You could- it is. and then. If I sat here and watched a movie three times, I'm sure that I would have a different take on it every time because the merry-go-round scene is a highlight of the movie, I think.
0: Yeah, but I also like your take on it being a representation of their childhood and that fun and excitement you have when you're a kid to be around someone you love. And it's behind them as well. in their past. You know? the past ah beautiful (laughs) y'all go watch this movie if by now you you haven't figured that out we're highly recommending you see past lives Um, do yourself a favor exactly go cry in the theater (laughs) okay in the interest of time let us talk about our favorite dialogue or anything that stood out to you we've had we've shared so many lines Already, <laughs> but was there anything else that stood out to you? I think the bar scene
1: is so beautiful. Like the last thing that they talk about is their indian Like what is their indian
0: mm. mm-hmm. And again, and- to me, it felt like Nora was taking, 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 and the scenarios she gave. What if what? I'm a bird? I'm a, yeah. I'm a bird, and I perch on the branch again. It's her. Ugh. Anyway. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: So you're reading it differently than I am because I th- I found the whole thing super romantic. Uh, he says, like, who do you think we were in our past lives? He goes, maybe an impossible affair between the king and the king's henchmen. And she says, maybe we were in a political marriage and we were awful to each other. I mean, is she saying that she's in a political marriage with Arthur? Preach.
0: I don't, I don't- know why she would jump to that. I don't think that Arthur is horrible to her. No, but, but- then Hyesung
1: continues and says, cheat on each other a bunch. Ooh. And I feel like she's cheating on Arthur in this whole movie.
0: I agree. I agree. A little, a little bit. Uh, it's an emotional
1: cheating. Okay. Not a physical one. Anyway, so Hyesung says, or maybe we were just sitting next to each other on the same train. Hmm. And Nora's like, why? What would you say that? And he goes, just we were sitting together, just because that's what our tickets said. You know, and she laughs, fate. and she laughs, and then she says, or maybe we were just a bird in the branch it sat on one
0: morning. Again, her just coming it's... in and leaving. It's a very cute scene, though.
1: I loved it. I thought it was the it drove home the meaning of the of Injun, yeah, and how. I agree. It can be as simple as they were just a bird in a branch.
0: I agree. And actually, Teo Yu said something. Um, did you read his Reddit interview that he did? A no, couple. he did an AMA? Yes, he did an AMA. Oh. And someone had asked what the theme of Inyan like meant to him and he said from my point of view it's simply believing and knowing or surrendering to the idea that you and I must have brushed aside each other in our past lives simply because we're chatting at this moment
1: yeah that's very romantic <laughs> like, i don't know. maybe it's right like oh god I don't want to explain to people how, how, how it's romantic, but it, it just is. Yeah.
0: I, what annoyed me about that bar scene or where I think they started to cross the line, really um, non-translations for author aside. No, they'll just
1: leave Arthur.
0: Yeah. By
1: himself.
0: Yeah. And. This
1: really brutal third wheel cinch.
0: Ooh, Exactly. We're reminded of that in the opening scene when people are trying to figure out what's up with these people.
1: Yeah. What's their relationship?
0: Exactly. What's the ties? But Heesong saying, I did not expect to be this much hurt by how Arthur loves you or something along those lines.
1: That's when
0: the line was crossed for me. Like really into... What are we right. doing territory? Because at that point, the conversation became all of a sudden more intimate and all of a mm-hmm. sudden more candid, which I had been asking for for from the beginning of the show. But finally, <laughs> they were speaking to each other. Uh-huh.
1: Speaking it out loud, like the... Yeah, the elephant in the room is that she's married. Exactly. The
0: elephant is sitting right next to them. This entire conversation. Exactly. Yeah, I I did not like that at all, and I also did not like how when she was in bed with author. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, "Are you happy? Like, what's up with you?" And she's like, "This is the this is the life I've chosen." Heh.
1: Carol, stop bringing the receipts. Nora's already been done and buried. Like, we're enough. Like, she's very complicated. Wow. So, you're bringing up the fact that she didn't even concede that she was happy to her husband. Uh, She said, This is the life I've chosen. Like, I just got to live with it.
0: Exactly. Versus
1: saying to your life partner, the man who adores you, that you're happy. Yes. She can't even lie. She can't even lie. She's, She's just... like, mm, it's I chose this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought Damn. that was very callous. And I know I said it in the Coffee Prince um, episode <laughs> we did together. Yeah. Vicious people or people who are intentionally hurtful. I can't I can't compute them. Oh man. So, that's that's how I saw Nara, but I have a lot uh. of empathy for her because of almost the loss of childhood early because mm. she felt that people did not care. So, I completely understand her, not me, not me saving not me Trying to, like, share the good parts about Nora uh-huh. or the why. But I do think that she's been through a lot and hasn't really processed how much she has lost herself in her mm. experience while growing up in foreign countries. I didn't talk about
1: this on our on our Tabak Past Lives episode with Rico, but the one scene where they're on the plane heading to Canada... And her and her uh, sibling are sitting there in a loop of just saying in English, I'm fine. How are you? Yes. What if you're not fine? Feels, yeah, which is a very American thing Mm -hmm. to never dive deep into what you're feeling in that moment. Because when someone asks you, hey, how are you? They never expect you to say, well, my aunt died two weeks ago and (laughs) I really haven't recovered. And- I'm really struggling and I haven't been eating well and no one wants that answer. They want, I'm fine. How are you?
0: In Canada, I hear a lot of people say, Oh, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah. We never delve deep and I'm curious to see or to explore if, is it because we don't have the skill sets to dig oh. deeper? Mm-hmm. And to be present in someone's pain, and is pain something that we try so hard to avoid? So we're not equipped with how do I be present for you in this moment? Right. So we sort yeah, of yeah.
1: I don't think we don't have a servant's heart here in the West.
0: And you know Nora, how can I serve picked. others? Yeah.
1: And Nora picked up on that real fast. Real <laughs> fast. She took that and she ran. Poor Arthur is like, I mean, he's maybe an anomaly too, because he's so feeling and so sensitive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, we've spoken at length about this movie, (laughs) and I hope everyone does go to see it. How would you rate this movie out of five?
1: I still give it five out of five, damn it. Okay, sue me. Maybe it'll go down in my estimations if I rewatch it. But right now, a few weeks removed from watching it the one time, I think it's amazing. And we just did our episode on Always the Critic movie podcast. Me and Rico ranked our top 10 movies of the year so far in our mid-year review because we're halfway through the year. And it was my number two movie of the year so far. And I really don't expect it to get bumped out of my top five top 10 of the year
0: I completely agree with you the the analysis of characters is not a representation of how I feel about the movie I get it okay but- good
1: because you said you were mad the first time <laughs> when I said I saw was, it
0: when I said I was mad I was mad at the characters
1: It was like a righteous anger.
0: Yeah. I was mad at, like, how could you do this? I was reacting to the story (laughs) itself, which really tells me it's a wonderful story. I also rate it five stars out of um, five. And I hope everyone goes to see it. It's worth it. See it more than once. And, um, yeah, it was really good. I'm so grateful also for you for joining me. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, thank you. Not what I thought <laughs> I misread that, but thank you. This was a really robust conversation. I'm so glad that we got to return to, that I got to return to Past Lives and talk about it with you. And I hope you have me back again.
0: I will, absolutely. Exciting. Thank you. <laughs> Jess, what do you have going on and how can listeners get in touch with you?
1: Um. Well, still going strong on the fourth season of Tebak. It's basically ongoing <laughs> and i've got you on for the coffee prince episode i've got you on for the upcoming love like the galaxy c drama review episode and back to back so we went we went hard this past month uh, you and i um you can find me on all the socials at debakpod d a e b a k p o d and i'm really active on instagram and tiktok so if you're wondering what i'm watching you can always ask but more often than not, I'm making TikToks about it. So, uh, and this happens maybe weeks in advance of when the episodes drop. So you'll be very caught up on the happenings <laughs> in my watch. My watch time.
0: I love your TikTok <laughs> because I think you are amazing with timing of cultural, you know, happenstance. Your sounds are always fantastic, and you choose the best I tried
1: clips. I've told you time and time again, I try so hard with the audio because I feel like it's a pain point, like to try and choose an audio that not only fits the freaking video that you just took, but also is mildly trending. So I end up just, go- <laughs> I end up just going with what I like that fits the the video. And I try so hard to take the best clips because I, it's really the stuff that resonates with me. Like as I'm watching I'll just rewind and take a video, but just shook me up. So I appreciate everyone who <laughs> compliments the TikTok. It is a work in progress and um, I have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> so I uh, I can't wait to talk more K-Dramas with you, Carol, and uh, connect with more people on the socials and beyond.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. If you have stayed with us, Till the end, please let us know what you thought of the movie and of this episode. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok. I look forward to hearing from you. I'm Carol. See you on the internet somewhere. Bye. Bye.